Hello, welcome to episode two of The Green Files. This week we'll be talking about physical geography degrees, studying abroad and volunteering as a means for landing a job in conservation. This week's guest is Megan, a recent physical geography graduate of Lancaster University. After completing her degree during the COVID-19 induced lockdown, Megan managed to secure a volunteering position with RSPB. For non-UK listeners, this is the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. Due to this position being non-paid, Megan used spare time to deliver pizzas, and when she wasn't busy working, spent time embracing her love for the outdoors. Megan is a keen cyclist, a runner, and a banana consumer, all of which will be covered in the next hour alongside some more chat about the trials and tribulations about finding environmental grad jobs. Enjoy! Before we start the serious conversation, cool, I yeah. just want you to clear something up for me. So I came home from work the other day and Andy had been like looking on Strava and he told me that you accidentally ran a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't an accident. It was kind of planned, but also, um, yeah, kind of spontaneous. But yeah, I did a marathon. <laughs> Tell me more. What was like, did, did you just... Was there any context for it, or did you just decide, okay, I'm going to go run? Um, well, it was my um, my friend Vic who was doing a 100k in a day challenge. Wow. And um, she was raising money for a um, charity, so she basically wanted people to run with her. So I said, oh, I'll join in and um, help with a bit, not realising that I'd be doing a marathon <laughs> because she was doing the long-distance um it meant we were going like at a much slower pace, so it wasn't like anything too hard. Obviously, it was quite hard generally, but it wasn't like I was trying to go really fast. So, yeah, no, really good, um, really good day. That's mad. Were you like training for that? Or did you just did it just come out of nowhere? No, <laughs> I didn't train. Fair enough. Um, no. I mean, I, w- I can tell you though, I was very tired. Because yeah. <laughs> like, what previous to that, what was the longest you'd run in one go? Um. I did 16 miles uh, last yeah. summer, um, but at that point I was doing a lot of running and kind of training or like yeah. building it up every time, uh, whereas this one was obviously yeah. just out of nowhere. Would um, you do it again? Would, like, would you enter a race? I would, but it makes me think about how I would want to do it. Um, definitely like kind of a trail one mm-hmm. as opposed to like one on the roads because I can feel like that would be really hard on your legs and things. <laughs> so as you know my last guest was also a geography graduate but your degree I'd say differs mm. quite a lot from her and focuses on physical geography so tell me a little bit about what this means uh, if people don't know the differences um on how it links specifically to finding a job in the green sector yeah so um I chose uh, physical geography opposed to general geography or human geography um, and the physical side is basically just focusing on landscapes and the environment, um, basically all the physical aspects of geography that don't kind of cover the human side of it. Um, I wasn't really interested in the human side of it at that point. Always kind of loved the outdoor kind of scene and um, wasn't too bothered about cities and places and things. Um, and it, it was definitely like a good a good thing to do at that, at that point in time. Um, but it wasn't until like third year that I realized um the importance of the human side of it um and how like once you do take one subject it kind of can become quite isolated 
And if you want to look at some of the problems like climate change, for example, you kind of do have to understand more than just one field or one aspect of a problem. And it was actually my third year housemate that kind of opened my eyes to this more um, because she uh, studied uh, sociology. And that kind of made me realise that the human side is also very important. So um, that was really good to kind of widen my perspective on all these different environmental problems, which obviously do kind of come from or are in the physical environment, but are kind of stemmed from the human one. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, it's definitely a good one. Or a good degree to do, but definitely kind of making sure you understand the wider environment as well or the wider picture. And in terms of uh, jobs, um, I try to choose a lot of conservation and ecology modules um, because that was kind of what I was interested in um, in the future. Um, So, yeah, definitely trying to pick your own modules that kind of will lead you to a job in the right kind of pathway. So have you found yourself in like Um, when you've been applying to jobs which we'll talk a bit more about later like did you find yourself talking about specific modules you'd chosen in like job applications yeah absolutely yeah a few like ones in particular that I uh, spoke about in job applications like kind of popped up again and again so there was one in third year that we did called um, climate and society which kind of is the whole link between the physical and the human side of geography um, that's always a really good one that I kind of bring up. And then also, if you do field work in different modules, that's always kind of useful because that's when you can kind of tell about your skills that you've done or learned about um, different like field work um, practices. Um, and that's obviously kind of relevant in conservation if you're going to do practical mm-hmm. field work. So, yeah, definitely some of the modules that I talk about or have done, I've talked about a lot in jobs. Yeah, did you like, because when I've been looking at jobs, it's said like, oh, preferably to come from like an environmental geography degree and you know how to use like GIS. Uh And I'm always like, what is GIS? Like, (laughs) because I'm currently in in a geography department, but they've Mm -hmm. like mentioned it once, but we've, I don't think it's really on our course. Like we have used SPSS. I think that's what it's Mm -hmm. called, but like to a really limited extent, like not to the point where I could like put on my CV because I still don't have a clue what's going on there. But did you use stuff like that as well? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think GIS is kind of like done for all geography students, like all all geography students kind of cover GIS or the introduction to it at some point. Um, I did do like a full module on it in second year um, and it was really useful. And I do say, like, on that yeah. occasions I can do it. But again, like what you said, um, <laughs> I have forgotten some stuff and would yeah. have to remember a lot before I was to do it in a job. But yeah, so, like, the takeaway is a physical geography degree, I guess, is gives you, like, the good skills that you might need for an environmental job. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you went to Lancaster University for your undergraduate, which is where I went as well. Um, and I was actually looking back at first-year photos the other day And I came across this photo. I think it must have been the first night we met or one of the first kind of socials we went on. I mean, all the cycling socials kind of blur into one at this point. But, yeah, we met at the cycling club. um, And there's a photo of you, me, and I think like two other guys. And we're in Sugar, which is the student union club. It's like the only club people go to in Lancaster. And we're just in the middle of the club eating bananas like literal bananas like in our oh, mouths oh yeah <laughs> of course I do I don't know why where that came from but I do remember it yeah it must have been like 
someone's idea for a social like celebrate bananas celebrate ride food i don't know yeah but yeah mm-hmm. i also have this weird memory of people <laughs> carrying bananas on the way to the club like, as we walk through town and just like propping up bananas across town and the next day we all kind of walking to uni to the bus stop and there was just bananas everywhere <laughs> and they just stayed there for ages Anyway, enough about bananas. So, um, yeah, so we've talked about, I guess, like the benefits of having a physical geography degree under your belt, um, especially like yourself, you want to go into environmental work. Um, But do you think like it's absolutely essential? So like someone like me who kind of decided during that undergrad that, you know, screw this, I don't want to do this. I want to do something else. I want to work in sustainability. Do you think it's then essential that you go on and do another degree in geography or conservation or what have you? Or do you think you can kind of weave yourself in there um, and pick up skills along the way? Do you have any experience with finding job applications that are open to people without these kind of scientific or um, geography based degrees? Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't say because I think obviously you do get a lot of skills from your degree um, in geography, as we've said before. Um, but I have since graduating, I have been in a lot of situations where I can see that it's not essential. And just as you're doing, you're doing a different degree now that kind of takes you that way. Um, but for example, I actually applied for a job a few weeks ago um, and I actually got told that I couldn't apply for it, basically, because I was like overqualified, which is funny. Um, but it was actually because this specific job was aimed at people who hadn't done a relevant degree. So it was a conservation like trainee kind of uh, job um, but it was aimed at someone who hadn't done the relevant degree and was going to gain these skills through the job so um, there are those types of jobs out there that are aimed at people who haven't done these um, relevant degrees um, and I also had a really interesting conversation with someone at, um, at the nature reserve um, one of the wardens there he he's been working there for years and um, he was I was asking him about masters actually if it was a good idea to do a master's degree and um, he kind of told me his story in terms of he hadn't been to university um, at all and not done any like higher level education and he's kind of worked his way through his whole life and done loads of different jobs and kind of ended up doing something he enjoys um, and just saying how like work experience is like so important um, so obviously the learning and the, the teaching that you get from a university is but also the same importance comes from work experience. So I think you can kind of get there both ways. It just depends what you enjoy. Um, so it definitely helps having the degree, but it's I wouldn't say it's essential. Yeah. So bearing that in mind, did you always know that you wanted to end up working in the green sector? Like, is that a, re- a main reason behind choosing a physical geography degree? Um, I think I always knew I wanted to work in the environment sector um, or something of that sort. Um, I've just always like loved the outdoors and um, being passionate about the environment and um, all that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it was it's been a while coming. I was I think before university, I was debating whether to do biology or um, geography. I think I chose geography because it was more like broad and it kind of gave me more options because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to do something with um, 
the environment or uh, the natural world. Um, so yeah, I'd say I've, I've wanted that for a while. Okay. So talking about um, environmental sustainability then, what are your specific areas of interest here? Because it's such a massive topic, obviously. Um, and also that's inevitably going to shape the kind of jobs that you take in the green sector because there's such a variety as we've kind of already talked about. Yeah. So what what are your main interests? Um, yeah, I think um, the main one would be like uh, restoration um, and rewilding, especially like I love all the stuff that's going on at the moment about the rewilding movement, um, just kind of focusing on the biodiversity crisis and rewilding lands that kind of have been disturbed by humans yeah so rewilding and, and biodiversity restoration all these things um tackling climate change kind of comes into all those things but more just reverting um all the places we've kind of degraded back to kind of more wild environments um and i guess more recently i've become more interested in like the human relationship with the environment and nature um and how that's obviously really important if we're going to kind of repair our relationship um to nature as well okay so if we like talk a bit now about your year abroad um so in your second year you took off to new zealand to do a a year studying there Mm -hmm. um yeah just tell me a bit about that um obviously that's quite a far way to go um and i imagine really different to studying in the uk um did it like open opportunities to you did it change your opinion of what you wanted to do yeah I think I mean generally because it's such a amazing experience I completely recommend it to anybody um I think it really just increases your like confidence and your um independence so that's kind of really useful when you do go into getting jobs and stuff because you have that kind of I guess just more general experience in life um not just like in jobs but just in living in different places and being in a different culture um so yeah no I think it was really good for um for those types of things um and also it kind of widens your horizons and wanting to like you know you could apply for jobs in different countries or um say yes to experiences that you might have not said yes to before because kind of when you're out there and you've got all these different things that you could be doing you kind of just say yes to everything um so it does give you kind of a different mindset um and for me as well like I did quite a lot of volunteering over there so um I did I joined a group um called Conservation Volunteers New Zealand um so I did like different volunteer days with them um and I also did a residential like week-long thing um which is kind of good because then you kind of get um experience in conservation in like a different environment because the conservation jobs that are going on there are a lot different to the conservation jobs that are going on in the UK so that's quite nice for um employers here because they'll kind of realize that you know other stuff as well that isn't just happening in the UK um, which might stand you out from somebody else for example um so yeah I think really really good for uh, job prospects but also just the best opportunity ever so (laughs) definitely recommend it um so before I ask you about your grad job plans what has been keeping you busy in between completing your degree and now um so you obviously complete your degree like me over lockdown um so I'm not just talking about like work related like anything like hobbies interests um creative projects yeah so I think it was um August 
um, when I started volunteering for the um, my local RSPB reserve. So that's Leighton Moss. Um, I'd been emailing the lady there since like March, I think it was. Um, but because of COVID, that kind of didn't happen. So um, I kept like emailing her and making sure I was still up to date. And as soon as like we were allowed to open the reserve again, um, I started volunteering there. Um, so I was working on the welcome desk, um, which kind of includes um, welcoming the visitors, the reserve, um, trying to get new members, um, which is what funds the RSPB work. Um, and also just, yeah, meeting new people and kind of learning about the site, really. Um, I also assisted the wardens um, and I still do actually do that, um, which has been good in the last few weeks, um, helping out with the wardens on land management tasks across the reserve. Um, so that's kind of been quite a consistent thing that I've done for the last around six months, I think. Um, which has been really good because even though it's obviously not paid or, yeah, it's not paid work, it is still really valuable because I've kind of um, learned a lot about um, working in the conservation sector in initially, which I hadn't really done before because other work experience wasn't really in conservation. So it was really good for me mm-hmm. um, and obviously really good in a time where I couldn't get a job because of COVID and lots of um, competition. So, yeah, I was doing that a lot. Yeah. Um, I was doing pizza delivering um, just to pay for my rent. Uh, so just some part time work kind of thing, um, which was kind of nice because then I had the balance of volunteering, a bit of work and then a bit of free time to do other stuff. I tried to like do a few online courses just to t- try and like keep my learning up and just um, just to fill some time, I guess, really. And then I guess one other thing I I think it was in November that I started this. I just um, I was kind of going over some ideas in my head and I was thinking about what I wanted to do in the future. And I kind of like this podcast, I was thinking, um, what can I do that will kind of give me some experience and things I'm lacking um, that will help me with um, future job prospects or just different projects I want to do in the future. Um, so I started like a a social media account, basically. Um, I started on Instagram, um, called it Wild and Well, um, kind of just focusing on um, like well-being and nature connection. And this year I just started on Instagram, but then I created like a Facebook group, which is kind of like an online community where people can like kind of talk on there and basically to connect like-minded people. And then I also started only, I think I've done two now, so I'm about to send out my third one. I'm sending out a monthly newsletter. Um, so I've asked people who want to be like, who want to receive the newsletter. Um, so I created like a mailing list and then gave out these newsletters. Um, and this is quite good because um, I, re- I realized that on a lot of the job specifications that I was applying for, they like asked mm-hmm. if you've got experience in newsletter writing. So that was kind of a way of me saying, OK, I can now do that. I've had experience. What's it called again? It's called Wild and Well. Sounds cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's um, interesting that you mention about newspaper writing, actually, Um, because I've often come Mm. across like we want you to be able to write blogs and things. But newsletters, um, that's one I've not heard before. But, yeah, I'll I'll definitely give that a thought. Um, And I'll try and somehow link uh, Wild and Well into the show notes or something, because that sounds like something I'd quite enjoy reading, actually. Um, So, yeah, just moving on with the uh, volunteer role. Obviously, it's non-paid, as you said. So is there anything they give you in return, anything to help you sustain um, a job that you're not being paid for? So they offered you, um, they could cover your transport costs. So um, that could be covered if you were coming by a train, car, 
bike, anything, they could cover that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I mean, you, you got a free uniform, if that counts. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was all kind of just uh, for free, basically. And also quickly, just about um, you mentioned you did online courses. What kind of and like any good ones in particular? I remember that during the summer I tried to do a few courses with Coursera, um, which I actually really recommend to people as a platform to find online courses. As long as you're you've got a university email address, it should be free of charge to do the course. Um, and then obviously like buying the certificates or something, but you don't really need to do that. Um, so yeah, any good ones that you recommend, um, particularly in the light mm-hmm. of sustainability? Um, I did a really good one. This is actually quite a while ago now, but it was called um, Think Resilience um, by the Post Carbon Institute. And I did that like last April. So like, you know, mm. just at the start of or in the midst of the first lockdown. Um, yeah. But that, that was a really good course. Like it was it's quite a while ago now. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of, you know, potentially forgotten a lot of it, but it was all a all about um like community level um engagement and how that's the kind of the best um platform to kind of integrate um positive like climate solutions kind of thing um that was a really good course and it was free at the time it might still be free so i would recommend that um and then more recently i'm doing um the mindfulness course which has kind of been linked to my um wild and well thing um and yeah, it's, it's been quite hard to actually continue with that. And, um, cause it's quite heavy, but actually I've decided to, um, write my next newsletter on this course. So that kind of keeps me doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So actually it just dawned on me that what both my guests have in common so far is that they uh, have done volunteering. Um, so as someone who has done a lot of volunteering yourself, do you recommend this to people and not just to people, I guess, in looking for a job in the green sector, but people who want a job in all professions. Um, yeah, do you recommend volunteering? Um, but then on the negative side, obviously, volunteering comes at a cost of, you know, you can work for free and have a great time, but you still need to pay bills, pay for rent. So what do you think about today how a lot of companies or charities require volunteering experience because obviously not everyone can afford to give Mm. that yeah I think I definitely would recommend volunteering um partly because it's really good experience and um you just meet a lot of people who are like similar to you or um have similar values to you um so it's a good place to to network and learn learn from people um and I guess like it is hard because um, a lot of jobs or like a lot of positions that we are in when we come out of university, uh, not having a lot of experience, it's kind of you kind of do get into that trap of, oh, I need to do lots of volunteering work. But then obviously you do need to have a job so you can pay for rent and all these different things. Um, so I think it is a problem that people like have to work for free. Um but it is something that can set you apart from other people if they haven't um, been doing volunteering. Um, and I think it's been something that I've tried yeah. not to think about too much because um, at the moment, you know, I, I wasn't able to get a job for a while. So it was something that I had to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd say like, especially in conservation, um, volunteering, I think is not essential, but it's kind of, ex- well, it is expected in a way um, because it kind of shows that you're passionate about the subject because mm-hmm. if you're willing to spend um, your spare time, yeah. you know, going to a nature reserve or um, surveying seals 
or all these different things, it kind of shows that you're really keen to help and tackle these problems and help um, contribute to some of the local issues. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's something really valuable. And as much as it should be something that could be paid, it is also one of your hobbies as for a, a mm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also money aside, like volunteering, I think, is really good for some like one's well-being. And I think like selfishly, that's something that I want for myself as well. So, yeah. And also just being so cooped up all the time in lockdown, it has made me think, you know, I want to be out there. I want my hands in the earth. Like I want to do something practical um because yeah I might be doing a master's degree now but all the practical side of it has been taken away like we're not going on field classes we're not going on field trips um and that's something I was looking forward to mm-hmm. so but yeah so I came across this statistic which was about women less likely to take jobs if they didn't 100% mm-hmm. fit the job description whereas men are more likely to just go for the job anyway um I'm often stuck in a dilemma of do I go for this job or is it a waste of time because as you know applications yes, can take days yeah. um and then even if you got to the interview stage you might have spent a lot of money to get there or it could have taken a long time um i know over the summer we were talking about a few jobs in particular that you weren't too sure about applying to um so as long as it's not too traumatic to <laughs> cast your mind back to then um yeah i'd love to hear your thoughts on that yeah so there was there was one job i remember telling you about last summer um which is quite quite a stressful one or just yeah not very straightforward because it was I think it was a warden or a ranger position um which often is kind of quite generic and nothing too um nothing too like hard um but this one included because it was in Scotland um it was a lot of deer management so it did include um something called deer laddering which basically is um (laughs) not very nice kind of um, killing deer, um, which is obviously needed in Scotland, but it requires kind of processing these um, deer um, to, to give um, food for local uh, communities, which um, is something that, you know, as much as I agree with in terms of the conservation, like I understand why it, it's like um, being promoted. Um, I wasn't very comfortable with doing it myself. Um, and because at that point I was very new to the whole um, applic- applying for jobs. I hadn't really done many applications at that point. So I, was, I wasn't I was sure whether to apply, basically. And I think I did actually end up applying at the time. Um, obviously, didn't get anything from it, but it was just a weird one because it kind of made you think, like, you know, do, do I need to be, like, up for doing these types of things, even if I'm not comfortable with it? So, yeah, I think that was a weird one. And I'd say that now that I've applied for a lot more jobs, um I definitely I, I do I do apply for a lot um and I do apply for jobs that I don't think I'll get in some cases um but I still think it's quite good practice there was one job that I applied for that I um obviously got um a rejection from um but I heard that I think it was from a Twitter a tweet sorry on Twitter um that there was like a thousand applicants or something for this one job um so it's just crazy like so, so much competition in some of these positions so I think like yeah not trying to get your hopes up is basically what I've been trying to do but yeah I think it's just um yeah just about trying and keeping going yeah that's crazy and it's kind of scary as well um because we're in this position where we're just brand new to the job market and it already feels like we're a losing battle 
Mm. Especially when people tweet things like that. Like, it's not helping anyone, is it? Um, <laughs> no. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I've had a lot of discussions recently with people, and I think it's about accepting that the first job we're going to get isn't going to be our dream job, but people say it's a foot in the door, and it's just a matter of getting a job, getting your head down, working hard, and then hopefully in the future there will just be more opportunities. Mm. Yeah, I think I've kind of... um realize that more and more now um i just wanted to say i um i applied for quite an ambitious job i think it was uh late last year um just ambitious in the term of like in the terms of like being quite um like out there and basically it was a um a position mm. with the with the government in south georgia so it's this um island in the atlantic ocean um kind of just north of wow. um, the antarctic peninsula and basically it was just this job um, where you were part of the government team there and working with um, the research um, yeah. people who were part of the British Antarctic Survey. Um, really cool stuff. And it was the, I think um, the reason I applied for it is because um, the job description was like quite like vague and broad. It was kind of all things I would be able to do. Obviously, like very different environment and location. Um, but I kind of thought, why not? Kind of a really good deal in terms of accommodation, the money, mm. you got really long paid holidays, all these things. So I applied and I got a response and um, she said to me like, oh, you've, you've got really good experience. And, you know, we, we had to say no to a lot of people basically. And th- th- there was loads yeah. of people who had applied um, and they were having to let go of lots of people that they think would do a good job. Um, and it kind of it kind of um, surprised me because I thought that I was like nowhere near getting that type of job and not that I got mm. an interview. But the fact that it was quite a good um, response was like quite reassuring in a way. Yeah. You know, th- don't be afraid to go for ambitious jobs. Yeah. Because you never know, like you might have something in common with the person who's be employing people and then that might put you in front of other people. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. That reminds me, actually. Have you watched Modern Family? I haven't, no. Oh, good? Yeah, me and Andy just finished the whole season, actually. There's like 11 seasons and we watched the last one last oh, wow. night. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the characters, Alex, she takes a job like in Antarctica, like a science job. Uh, it's just yeah. reminding me of that. She hated it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just a bit worried because um, it sounds like a really good um, opportunity. And obviously, like, yeah. the island looks amazing and you're literally like, you've got penguin colonies like just over the hill kind of thing but there was a lot of the work that they were asking you to do like in little boats in the harbour and I was like oh my god there's these huge leopard seals in the water and stuff like I don't know if you've seen happy feet but I was thinking of that yeah (laughs) oh maybe one day one day yeah exactly one day in the future when I've got more experience I could apply again and then and at least now you know that job's out there and then it could be something to aim for in the future Mm. yeah absolutely have you got any plans for the foreseeable future have you got anything lined up currently I have as of um last week basically (laughs) um yeah so I I had one position lined up for the summer um only a three-month contract but um I got that about a month ago and it was just good because that was like the first yes basically that I got um since starting Mm -hmm. applying so this is just a three-month um paid position um with the RSPB um so it's in a nature reserve in Scotland, um, working as a visitor experience officer. I wouldn't have got that basically without doing the volunteering that I did, because um, it was basically a very similar role that I did in Leighton Moss. Um, so that really helped me get that job. So, yeah, that should be cool. Um, yeah. 
And then as of last week, I've just managed to um, confirm a residential volunteering position, which is with another RSPB reserve, which is the Hawes Water Reserve in the Lake District. Um, so basically, um, the RSPB does this scheme where you can stay as a residential volunteer at the site um, and do like a long term volunteering stint, basically. And this one is going to be more like practical conservation work. So I'll be um, assisting the wardens and the site manager on all the different projects there. And I'm actually really excited for this one because mm-hmm. it's um, a lot of the work they're doing there is all based around restoration and rewilding. Um, so all stuff that I'm kind of interested in. So well, I'm very interested in. So, um, yeah, really excited for that. Um, again, as we spoke about earlier, obviously that's not paid. Um, but I think the fact that I've got kind of... Um, you know, a few months of the volunteering and a few months of um, a paid position, that's kind of made it okay for me. Once you're within the company like the RSPB or another um, similar like organisation, you can kind of reach out to other people within mm. the company and network and um, find um, opportunities that you might not have already knew about. Um, so, yeah, definitely I'm excited to actually have some plans <laughs> because it's been a long, long time coming. Wow, I mean... You may be the most impressive guest I'm going to get. It sounds like you've really broken into the world of RSPB. I have. Is it bad? <laughs> yeah, it is bad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... I'm going to have to think of what I'm going to call the podcast, because I was just going to go with Megan, the volunteer, but gosh, <laughs> now you've outdone that title. Maybe it'll be Megan, a big name in birds. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've had a pretty well-rounded discussion um if we just start wrapping things up i'm gonna try it's early days but i'm gonna try and end each podcast in a similar fashion so Mm. i will ask you the same question i asked my last guest um so obviously you're both trying to break into the green sector so i believe personally that this is a sector that if you want to thrive in you should um, and you need to bring your own passions and values to your workplace. So as someone who was just entering a new, well, a volunteering residential and a new paid position, what values um, are you going to bring to your new positions? Okay, so very good question. Um, I think I'd say that... um, Curiosity would be a good one, I think. Um, as you said earlier, um, in terms of conservation jobs, it's really important to show that you're passionate and actually be passionate about um, things in nature. And um, a lot of that comes from being curious um, and wanting to learn um, and be engaged with your environment and being interested in all these different things that are going on. Um, so I definitely want to try and um, be curious in other jobs I go into um, definitely be a good team player that's kind of um, a good thing in any, any job um, but being supportive um, and being or uh, contributing to a good team um, obviously makes your job more enjoyable and like everyone else's jobs more enjoyable um, yeah I guess um, a good work ethic is always good um, but yeah, I'd say the curiosity, curiosity thing is the best thing. Mm. Yeah, I like your point about curiosity. That's actually probably quite a good one to get into an in- interview. Um, and yeah, I definitely think you're a team player. I mean, not everyone would like run a marathon 
because their friend was doing a fundraiser. I need to remember when Anna just decided that she was going to do the Way of the Roses in like 12 hours or something crazy like that. Oh, I do, yeah. And she asked people to go, like, to start the ride with her. Yeah. But obviously, because she was doing it in such a small amount of time, she was starting at like three in the morning. Yeah, um, very cool. We both joined. Yep. I can't say I did as much as you, but for you to like... I remember I did... Um... I think I did 50 miles before nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so like, yeah, you did a lot. Yeah, that's definitely you being a team player. Yeah. I had to go back for my lecture. <laughs> yeah, I also had uni um, that day. And I think like later in the day, though, so it was kind of okay. I probably got a nap in before, <laughs> but um, I turned up to my seminar and it's a pretty small class. And there's one of the women in the class who has me on Strava. And she was just like, in front of everyone, <laughs> like, oh, Cassie, why did you go for a bike ride at three in the morning? And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just, uh, just fancy to spin, you know. That was a good day, though. Yeah. Okay, well, I've had a great time. I was very excited to do this episode, so I really enjoyed it as well. I hope you did as well. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, it was great to catch up with you. I'm really looking forward to hear about your next load of volunteering and your summer role um Mm -hmm. and yeah if you see any cool volunteering roles shoot them my way um i I really want to get into some yeah Um, yeah thank you so much um my last guest said i didn't say thank you so (laughs) thank you for being my second guinea pig and all this yeah see you soon i will do thank you so much for having me that's it for episode two thank you so much for listening and a massive thanks to megan for sitting down with me and recording this episode i had a lot of fun um as usual i'd love to hear your feedback so if you have any comments or questions you can email the green files podcast at gmail.com that's all for now bye